My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people, and what I have discovered is that our story is everything. Because what we do, feel, or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? Hello, and welcome back to part three of the birthday episode for life, passion and business. Yes, five years. And in that time, I have spoken to so many people and explored their life from the perspective of what they do in the day job, but also from what they do in their lives, how they operate and what what they use to make their life successful. Well, I, I use successful in the inverted commas in terms of what they use to make to 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 build the life they want to have and have their own success in that. I have to be careful when I use the word success because it is such a loaded conversation. And if you... But that's the point, isn't it, really, is that we, we have to use the tools or, or find tools that help us lead the best life we want. We can meander along and just go with life in the flow as it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just we may not get the results that we want to get. So by managing the process on some level and, and managing the process within the confines that we can, because sometimes a lot of things are out of our control. But one thing we can manage is how we think about stuff, how we react to the situations around us. And that is a skill called mindfulness. And I find it's very common amongst my podcast guests. They have that sense of being able to deal with situations now, it's not always something that they they weren't innately born with it. They had to cultivate it. And they cultivated through the crucible of discomfort, through that crucible of, of, of the resistance they found themselves facing. And that's one of the things I think really came out from the pandemic in some respects, when people were forced to go home um, at the beginning of the pandemic, certainly in the UK in 2020, and abandon work and find new ways of either working or not working, I think it left the vacuum that people need to fill. I've mentioned this already on Arthur's uh, conversation about how people either chose to hide away in Netflix or distraction activities, or they used it as a building, as a, as a time to build something new. And both are relevant, both are valid. But I, I think it did open people's minds up to, to what was available because the growth of online type services like yoga and um, fitness and mindfulness and meditation grew exponentially. And that is one of the things I want to touch on now is just the aspect of mindfulness, meditation and going within. You, know, you can do it from all sorts of perspectives. You know, I, I mentioned some of the virtual events we talked about, particularly the the um, spirituality. In spirituality, there's a lot about looking at meditation or some form of meditative process. Because at the end of the day, everything that happens outside of us is beyond our control. We can do our best to control the environment, but we can't completely. And everything that comes into us comes in through our senses, but it's our perception of the world. 
And everything that we know about the world is actually in on the, on the inside. So when we build a relationship with the inside of ourselves, that is when we get to know who we truly are and what we truly want. Meditation, mindfulness, and all of those kind of practices are some of the tools that allow us to get back to that place. As is journaling and all the other things that we can do. But then it's all about us exploring our thoughts and seeing where that leads us. So thinking about this, I wanted to bring you something which I thought would be really useful in terms of that I met one of our guests, um, and uh, Terry Sidhu. He came onto the, onto the podcast in August 2021. And he, is, he has been meditating his whole life. As a young man, he was very much a fish out of water uh, because he, was, he came from a Punjabi family living in Wolverhampton. He was in an English education system influenced by Western Christianity and he had sexuality issues going on. So he was so out of out of his out of depth, if you like, that his mum introduced him to the idea of meditation and that allowed him to center himself in his world and observe things around him. His book on meditation I found very valuable because it's just such a simple process in terms of teaching you to get get to the heart of what it means. And yes, there are loads of apps you can use as well. Things like the Daily um, Calm and that sort of stuff. There are loads of apps on your phone you can use for it. There are loads of helpful bits of material there. But Terry was one of the people I spoke to. He was a fan, He's a fascinating guy, lovely story. Produced a book called um, Meditate, uh, which is very much a, a tools for it. There are loads of tools on how to do that in that book. And there's lots of supporting resources. Anyway, let's go back to Terry and see how life has developed for him over the last few years. Yeah, a pleasure and happy birthday. Yeah, five years. That's a few shows under my belt there. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you're all about meditation. And mm-hmm. when we spoke, it was, it was a, I was really fascinated by your story about how you had this journey in meditation. No. What's been new for you since we last spoke? I really had I released my first book, Meditate, when we last spoke. I have been going back and forth from England to Canada, helping my parents out. Um, I wrote a, another book called The Meditation Kit. That was another fun COVID project with lockdowns in England and being trapped inside. So I thought, you know, I might as well repeat the process of what got me through the last one. Yeah. Um, and people have always been asking me what type of meditation I do. And True to the way I got into meditation, I decided to call my company Moon Meditation. What else? Oh, and the main thing now that I'm focused on is creating meditation tools for trauma-informed care. So working with therapists, uh, counsellors, social workers, Mm. an online six-week program, which should be launched soon, um, so that they can have the tools to support give like non-invasive techniques, um, mm. techniques that can help their clients who are in, dealing with significant traumas to have the tools to help them get through um, and cope independently. Mm. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do myself, which is what I have been doing with clients one-on-one. Of course, meditation so, works works yeah. works for everybody, but it's often the people with money and wealth that can afford the time and expertise to do meditation. And not, often they're not the people that need it. Yeah, so it's... So it's like, you know, it's, it's able, it's, it enables me to get the reach that I need with meditation mm. about what I want to do, what I want people to start doing. 
because I'm not a therapist, I'm not a counselor, um, I'm a coach. So I'm very limited in how I can support my clients. Mm. Whereas those who are who have the education and training, they can use these tools to really mm. kind of help someone um, progress their lives forward. So that's kind of the current focus now is finishing this course. And maybe um, and with this course, I, I wrote a few guided meditations, probably about 90 minutes worth of guided meditations. So I may release that as a little album too, just so there's... Um, there's some content out there for people and yeah i want to i want to completely um get everything i can out now with meditation now that the world is opening up and yeah. you know with tougher times ahead i think it's important yeah yeah yeah, absolutely at some point i will come back to you i think because one of the ways the podcast is shifting is we're going to go more in a six-week subject cycle and one of the areas i'm really interested in is mindfulness and and mm that kind of mind kind of work. So meditation will certainly be part of that. So I may come back to you over the next year and have a conversation about this and bring you back onto the program again. So that'd be lovely to do that one. So, you know, moving forward, 2023, what, what's your thoughts about where we're heading and, and what people are going to need to do in order to have a successful year? Yeah, definitely meditate. I think a lot of mental um, clarity. I think we're going to find ourselves in a very much of a survival modality, even more so than probably we have done in the last few years um, with the economy taking a shift um, and, you know, with the industry changing, the world changing, whether it's finance, whether it's tech, you know, the world is currently going through a huge shift in the way we operate and function. Mm. And so there's going to be a lot of societal development. So I think 2023 should be all about unleashing your identity, learning who you are at your very core um, live life as if you have nothing else to lose and really understand and start living as if you know what this is how I'm going to live for the rest of my life really develop that foundation and that platform and spend the next year I would say understanding that because mm. once you have that then it can never be taken away from you you know you can rebuild these lives and then these recessions and all these things happen and they can get taken away but if you've got that strong sense of self, if you've got that that integrity with who you are and what you're about, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter if you're living on the streets or in living in a mansion, you'll have a consistent truth to um, measure your life against and to live by. And once you have that, you're free. And I think that's what I would like to see. That's what I would suggest people start spending their time doing with the next year. That was one thing about COVID is it, it forced people to reevaluate life, the life they were leading. Mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. some people chose not to and chose yeah. distractive behaviors or sometimes destructive behaviors mm -hmm. and other people did and and, and that's the point there's always people's choice about these things i mean the podcast has always been about that in a way in terms of that that life journey how we make those choices and how we move forward uh, and and it will continue to do that in a kind of different way and, and i'm hoping that the new format we're looking at will to allow us to go into more depth into these conversations that's what i'm really mm -hmm. looking forward to in the, in the coming year so i really take on what you say and i think it's really valid so terry thank you so much for just popping back and saying hi and and telling us more about the whole process and uh, i wish you all the best 2023 and uh, your future you projects so awesome i look forward to connecting with you again sooner and happy right, birthday. Terry, thank you so much take care now and that was Terry Sidhu. If you'd like to connect with Terry, you can find him at the, at the uh, website, lifepassionandbusiness.com. You can go to their search bar, just type in Terry, and you will find his podcast and all the links for his uh, YouTube and Instagram and that website for the book is all there. Um, the second book you can find on Amazon as well. So when we're talking about mind and body, 
we start moving into the areas of food. And so food is one of those massive topics and, and because it's so fundamental to our daily lives and to how we interact with the world because food is, is that sense of pleasure. Um, it can be used as a punishment, it can be used as a reward. Uh, we give the gift of food, we have breaking bread together, we have you know, meals together. There's all sorts of things that are associated around the idea of sustenance through food. It has never been a big issue for me. I've never had a problem with food particularly, but I, I have had issues with how food is produced. So some years ago, well, 10 years ago more, I was vegetarian. And who knows, I may go back to being vegetarian. Certainly climate change is starting to influence my food choices. But there are other aspects of food. Food is a medicine or can be a medicine because it makes sense. You know, what we take into our bodies will affect how our bodies operate. And that was when I met my next guest with us is Dominica Rusco, who is now married. Her name is Dominica Collis. Uh, but she's a lovely lady from po uh, from Poland uh, who... Um, at the time when we spoke, she was she had literally come through a real challenge with food and she discovered um, naturopathy, ways of using food as a medicine. And so she was now at that point, she was training. She was just completing her training as a naturopath. And it goes on from there. So let's join the conversation with Dominika Rusko Collis. Yeah, oh my God, I just realized that, you know, it's pretty much over three years now. Yeah, lots of, lots of things happened. So as, uh, as you did mention, my uh, surname changed because I got uh, married. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty much in the middle of the madness in December 2021, just between the lockdowns. Uh, 2021? 2020, sorry, not 2021, 2020. Right. And you're doing food as a therapy, I think you were kind of focusing yes, on. Yes, yeah, nutritional therapy. Uh, but at that time, I was uh, on my fi in my final year of medical herbalism, which was a four-year, uh, very comprehensive study on using herbs, preventative medicine, really. Mm. So I finished that in 2020. I officially launched botanical pharmacy, uh, I call it, uh, wellness alchemy in 2020, I believe. Uh, mm. I think it was the end of. Not the best year to be launching anything, really, was it? 2020. Uh, it was, you know, for me that entire time. Uh, how I would describe it? Uh, it was very life changing on many different levels, but also uh, because things slowed down, uh, it gave me enough time to rethink how I do things, how mm. I do business. Uh, what I really enjoy doing, what is important to me. I switched things a lot over the, the last uh, two, three years. But uh, with that botanical pharmacy, this is a place where people can learn more about herbal medicine, uh, using herbs uh, in their everyday cooking, using herbs uh, as a remedy. I have many success stories with people on uh, blood pressure medications, statins, you know, diabetes, where we pretty much use it with using food as well as herbs. We managed to reverse the condition fully. Wow, that's um, amazing. I mean, it must, so, must make sense. Yeah, we, I mean, we must be what we eat, doesn't we, in some, in some respects. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, I would take it. Uh, I would take it a bit further because uh, we uh, we are more of what we absorb. Because we can have all that amazing food. Uh, of course, you know, the subject of food, it can be a bit of trigger. And there is a lots of talks and kind of like the stigma that, you know, this food is bad, you should never touch it. And, you know, in the long run, it also creates that very unhealthy relationship to food. You know, I've been vegan for, it's going to be 11 years in March next year. And I absolutely love it. I feel so much better than I've ever felt before on the traditional diet. And I grew up, of course, as you mentioned, in Poland. So it's the cuisine very rich in me. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I can see the benefits for myself. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that uh, this dietary approach is right for everyone. So in my work, I focus on the uniqueness of the person and what is good for them. Of course, you know, putting aside the ethics, etc., that goes, you know, behind the vegan diet. But from the therapeutic point of view, um, focus on the person. Yeah, 2023, moving into a new year, people always kind of go, all right, I, I'm going to do this this year. What, what would your top tip be around food this year for someone to kind of look at their diet? Definitely, and all my clients are doing it, uh, because I can see that very often we, first of all, don't really rem remember what we eat, uh, and it comes during the cons consultation when I ask my clients, okay, so tell me what you have, uh, what you've had for your dinner over the last three, four days. They may remember the day before, but then uh, even the portion sizes, they kind of not many people remember that. And if you start drilling into, okay, what did you have for breakfast? Did you have any snacks? Of course, we cannot remember it. If for anyone who would like to see how optimal and balanced their diet is, amazing technique is doing a little food journal for a week. So you write down exactly what you had for your meals during the day. What drinks did you have? How much water did you drink? And it's good to do it during the weekdays and the weekends, because often our diet, our meals will differ between the weekday and the weekend. And then you will get a picture of what is missing in your diet. Before we start making any changes and making big promises to ourselves that in January I will do, I don't know, uh, when we even look what is available seasonally, they are all root vegetables. So they automatically, their purpose is to keep us more grounded because uh, winter is a time of rest. It's not the time to be like hyper, hyper. It's a time, it's a time of uh, hibernation. Almost. Yes, of course. Middle of winter, you know, five degrees outside, not raining. Not the best time for it, is no, it, really? No, What well, um, I also like about the journaling process, and I talk about journaling a lot on the podcast and, and with clients, is I also recommend with that journaling process is to write down how you felt on that day. Any emotions yeah. that came on that day or any arguments you had on that day or anything that was unusual in your life on that day. Because if you notice when you do the diary again, that there's some of that thing came up again. Oh, there might be a connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
<laughs> so look, I need to wind this up because we are, you know, this is this is our birthday edition here. This is, you know, celebrating our five years of this of this podcast process. So thank you so much for coming here, coming back here for this birthday show. So tell me, what should have been your greatest learning over the last the last few years? What is the one thing you've discovered that you would say has really taken you forward? For me, I think the biggest takeaway from the last three years uh, was acknowledging my needs and setting up the clear boundaries and boundaries and communicating with the world as well uh, so everyone understands it um and it's I the ability to say yes and the ability to say no and knowing when yeah. to say, knowing when to choose which one to say yes absolutely it's Demo been pleasure. fantastic talking to connecting with you again thank you so much for taking some time out to be with me and um we may be speaking again amazing <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much all the best if you'd like to connect with Dominica, again, as I said before, just go to the website, lifepassionatebusiness.com, go to the search bar at the top and type in Dominica, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-A, and you'll get to her podcast there. And it's another interesting conversation. My final conversation, my final guest to come back on the program is someone who was an inspiration to me. Back in 2017, I had been running in the gym as part of just a normal gym workout, but I had a lot of pain and discomfort in my legs and knees in the process, to the point where it was becoming almost impossible to run. So I ended up going to a physiotherapist and we discovered that I had, I didn't have the muscles in my legs to run properly and I needed to learn to um, place my foot properly. So I learned he had to teach myself how to run. And then by 2018, after the podcast had been launched, I was then running a bit with my brother when I was when we when we met up. But that year, running outside really developed for me because I'd never been running outside before. And then by the end of that year, 2018, I did my first 10k. I did the Inverness 10k, and I ran that race in 51 minutes and I think it was 51 52 or something. So I could then call myself a runner, and that really changed my life over the last few years and so the next dream or the next kind of goal if you like from that perspective would always have been the marathon or maybe not who knows I thought I might do a half marathon first or something and it took four years because 2022 was the year I became a marathon runner and it just amazed me that journey that that time I mean it took a, a many years of learning to run and discovering how my body operated and worked before I got there. So I have such a huge admiration for anybody that can take on that level of distance. I met Nikki in March 2019, which is a good few months before. It might would have been probably the February I probably met her at that time. I mean, a good few months after I did my 10K. So I already would have had the admiration for what this lady achieved. So Nikki did, in, did 63 marathons in 63 days. And that was in 2017. It's an unofficial record because... Uh, of a technicality somewhere but it's an amazing achievement that she could actually achieve that that she could run that far over those number of days and I followed her exploits over the last few years as I said she's a great inspiration to me so one thing that was niggling away in her brain right the way after that after that challenge was the idea of running across Australia she tried that process in 2020 
uh, and obviously lockdown stopped it. So she tried to do it on a treadmill and then her body stopped it uh, from very, very, from, for various reasons. So let's find out how Nikki's journey has been over the last five years and also when that new event kicks off, when she will be running across Australia. And that was Nikki Love. As I said, she is a great role model for me. I absolutely feel with admiration for what the capacity, her capacity to run and her capacity to have that kind of positiveness to actually do this sort of stuff. Because I know from experience how difficult it is to run those distances. I met Nikki four years ago before I was a runner. Well, I was sort of a runner, but not really a runner. So I can now proudly say to Nikki, I am a marathon runner. Not like you, but I am a marathon runner. So thank you so much for being on this show. And I feel great to have you back here. Oh, Paul, I watched you uh, complete what you posted. And Mm -hmm. I I was so pleased for you. I I hope you're as proud as I am as proud of you. Oh, well, I think, yeah, you were an inspiration. Yeah, like uh, you could, you, you do 60, was it 63 marathons in 63 days? Yes. Yeah, I don't know how you did that. Suckers, aren't I they? don't <laughs> know how you did that. I mean, I have to say, they told they told me the marathon begins at 20 miles and they weren't bloody wrong. I don't know, every part of my body was in pain at that point and I did not know how. I knew I was going to finish it, but it would have to be a run-walk situation because there's no way I could run more than like 100 metres and then stop for a bit, then 100 metres and stop for a bit. I committed to running the last 800 metres despite the pain, but it's like, I don't know how you get over that. Does it go away or does it always there? Uh, it kind of, it, it does improve. Um, and I remember the first marathon I did, um, it was exactly like that. Um, and and yes, they they get easier, but then they can also get harder. So depending on your mood and depending on your fitness on the day. So I, I'm guessing it must be the lactate building up in the body. I guess I don't think it must be. I don't know because I've not. I don't understand where that pain comes from. But mm, I, I think you have good days and bad days. Um, and uh, the more you train at that uh, level. Um, yeah. A length of time yeah the, the the easier it gets i guess yeah. until you have a bad day and then you go well what am i doing why am i doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so I, mean, I was delighted yes i i was aiming for all i initially i was aiming for kind of four hours ish when i first started that training and then when my wife said to me we should go and look at the course so we did actually go and we drove around the course and he said my god this is hilly i mean yeah i hadn't quite realized how hilly it was and then i thought well, so i'm gonna have to revise that I, there's if I can get under four and a half, I'd be delighted. And I, as I, did, I did four four hours, 35 minutes. And the only reason I did four hours, 35 minutes, I had to stop for 10 minutes for a poo break because I could not, I could not run anymore. I needed the poo desperately because, you know, you, you get there early, you eat at six to six in the morning. And by the time 10 o'clock comes, you get someone's going, we need to go somewhere. But the queues to the toilets were out of this world, you know. I don't know. So yeah. So anyway, that's why I ended up losing ten minutes on my race. <laughs> oh. Well, look, I, there, there there is two options you have there. One is wait, or the other one is do it. And I have run with somebody who um, had a very bad accident. <laughs> And um, and it was very visible because he didn't wear um, dark shorts. He wore <laughs> light, lycra shorts, and um, yeah, it was uh, an not, interest, Yes, not not yeah. the, the, the after the, the photographs were not great, no doubt. 
no, it's not the type of finish line photo you want. However, he did finish. So, you know, <laughs> there's there's always those, those positives that you can find out of a, a bad uh, scenario. So, mm. so Liv, what's been happening for you since we last spoke? I mean, it's four years. I know you've got three books out now. And I think when I first covered you, you had two. So you've got books out. And I know you did that madness on the treadmill. Because you, you might want to tell everyone about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, four years has, has actually been quite a long time, hasn't it? Um, four years has, has been this um, an idea that I, I wanted to do. Actually, it was before the 63 marathons in 63 days. But it, what I put it down as was the next thing to do after that. And mm. I, wanted, I wanted to use the 63 marathons as a training run. So in my head, that was a training run uh, for this run across Australia. So that's sort of like been the, the next thing in my brain. Um, it hasn't happened yet. Um, well, but the, lockdown kind of put a spanner in that one, didn't it? Lockdown did put a spanner in that one. So um, I, I came up with this idea that the next best thing, if I can't run across Australia literally then I can do it virtually and um, decided to do it on a treadmill instead um, <laughs> in my backyard in Nottingham Treadmill <laughs> <So, laughs> <laughs> uh, running is so different from real running how do you how do you I mean you did days and days of that didn't you I did 42 days of running. It was about a marathon a day. I'd wanted to go a little bit further, but um, yeah. What's the, what's the record for, tread, for, for, for treadmill running? Did you break one? I don't know if I did. I, I put an application in. I didn't get um, any response. And to tell the truth, it's not something I've chased up. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It, it possibly was a, a, a record, but I, like I said, I haven't really chased it up. Most likely I didn't fill in something Guinness is is weird and wonderful but what I have learned having applied for two records um so far and, and having not got either of them verified by Guinness is is that they're, they're a um a complicated process but I am going for two more records um in my next adventure and hopefully we've done all the paperwork correctly <laughs> and and um this next uh, adventure uh will actually get a little certificate with it so the, but what's this, it going to be you're going to is it the australia run is it is that what well, it is yeah it is the australia run when i've when you had something in your head for such a long time so it, that that thought that little um inkling got put in there in 2013 so it's going to be 10 years fermenting in my brain growing in my body and 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 sort of like you've got to do this thing so um yeah australia it is so how far is that how far is running across australia i mean is, is, is it you're going to go across the middle haven't you the longest the, the widest uh, bit it's it's perth to sydney um okay. but it doesn't actually take you through the middle it takes you because of the great australian bite and 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 the way that australia is shaped sort of you start in Perth and cross to Sydney um, and you end up going across the um, coastline um, through South Australia across the, the Great Australian Bight um, and the, the road known as the Nullarbor. Um, so it's 2,450 miles and the goal... It's a fair way. Uh, <laughs> so the goal is to do it in that magical number again, 63 days, 
Um, and it means that I'm doing a marathon and a half because one of the things that I like to do is see what I'm capable of and pushing the um, pushing the needle up a little bit more. So if I've run 63 marathons, I'm going to go for try and, and do 63. Well, and, I know. I mean, speed is not the thing in this stuff, is it? It's not about speed in this. It's about consistency. But what kind of what kind of pace are you operating at that when you're doing that? Oh, nice and slow. So so I have a, a 10 hour window of of light so it sort of gets light seven o'clock in the morning and gets starts getting dark about six uh yeah about six o'clock at night five between five and six at night um at that time of year that I'm planning on doing it so um yeah I'll be using <laughs> that entire um daylight uh, time frame to do the 60 kilometers that I need to do a day Oh, 60 kilometers a day. Yes, yes, yes yeah. 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still significant, isn't it? I mean, yeah. 10 hours, six kilometers an hour, relatively. I guess you're going to need some breaks in there. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt, though, isn't it, a bit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got the, the inevitable poo breaks, as we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and food. Um, so I eat while I run, but then you do need a little bit of a, a, a sort of a, an ease break. Um, and amazed uh, me so much about learning to run it marathon run it was the actual understanding the physiology of my body and the fact that you can't eat while you're you can eat while you're running but you can't eat a lot you have to work out what you can eat when you can eat that's that's part of the training and, yeah. and yes and when you're going a little bit slower you, you can eat a little bit more and and get a little bit more variation in there but yes you're you're right you do have to um uh, practice that and you have to learn what works for you and what doesn't work for you and um being a woman i had the added issue of my hormones and learning about those and what was going on inside <laughs> my body as my age has changed so yes of course yes you've gone through that yeah, yes you've gone into that that age of, a, of, of women where you are physically changing a lot yeah so it's been i'd say exciting <laughs> it's been quite traumatic <laughs> um, my body hasn't sort of coped very well with some of the stuff so but it's been a big learning curve um dealing with perimenopause i'm still hoping well it's a massive subject perimenopause isn't it because it's now hit the public now in, in a big way because because of, of all the famous people that are now talking about it so you're, you're in a, you're in a good club i am in a good club um i want to be out of that club <laughs> <laughs> i want to get to postmenopause, but i'm still in the perimenopausal phase as everybody keeps telling me that there is light at the end of the tunnel it's been a rough road but again it has been an opportunity to learn i've embraced that opportunity mm. you know i got injured and, and it was perimenopausal caused rather than excessive running I, I was putting it down to excessive running but so when does it all kick off this australia event uh the first of may is the the go day like i said it's been a 10-year slow burner the 2020 was the year i was supposed to do it obviously it didn't happen not being able to do something you either put it away and go, all right, well, you know, there's been so many things, reasons why I haven't managed to get there to do it. Um, maybe it's just not for me. Or you can use it the opposite, which is continue to feed and burn and grow and go, mm. you know what, I am going to do this and, and uh, bring up the conviction rather than sort of dilute the ambition sort of thing. So that's that's kind of what I've been working on. Wow. So, well, well, well! Fantastic that you that it's that it's still happening, and you're still doing all. I mean, I, I know you're still promoting running a lot because I see you about doing stuff. You're still working with schools and things. 
I am so that that third book was a it was a children's book. Uh, yes. And I absolutely loved writing it. I love reading it. I go, I'm I'm so lucky that I get to go to schools and get to talk to children. Um, and I talk to them about running and, and the, the running adventure um, and what I get out of running um, that, that, you know, when I take the kids out running, I say, you know, look for birds, look for, listen for sounds, um, not just the whole running thing. The running thing is, you know, it's good, it's healthy and all that sort of stuff, but it's try to, encourage the adventure thoughts about it and yeah that that's that's what i get to do so i mean how lucky am i <laughs> indeed indeed well thank you so much for being on this birthday episode with me thank you very much for it as i said it's been at the end of a five-year journey for me and and start of something new so i'm so delighted i was able to invite people back and just see where, where they were where they were going and what was happening have you any thoughts about the 2023 where where we're going what's going to, what life going to be like and what any any anything that you would say to people for for the coming year oh i think that um 2022 was sort of that that year of like all right we come back and we're trying to find some normal normalness or normalcy um and we aren't going back to where we were but um look forward to where we can get to mm. and, and what 2023 i think is going to be all about is is um embracing the new and mm. and really running with it if i take that running pun absolutely yes and for you of all people that's something you can certainly have the privilege to do so thank you nikki love for being with me today on this on this birthday thank you so much well happy birthday paul thank you you can find Nikki's podcast at the website. Just type in Nikki, Nikki Love or Nikki into the search bar. And she has two podcasts on our site because we did a brief conversation when she was doing another, another event. And that is the last of my guests who have come back for their birthday celebrations of this podcast. And we now officially draw the line underneath all of these interviews and move forward to something new in 2023. So thank you so much if you've been around with us for the last five years. It's been such a joy to explore these lives and to have conversations around this, this these subjects and to explore and so as i said in the, in the previous conversation we are now opening the door to talk talk to all sorts of people and explore subjects on a much greater depth without the necessary structure of the five question format that is the end of part three of this birthday celebration and I, there will be a part four i think i need to just say a little bit more about my journey and where i have come from and where i am now and that will be part four as part of my Sunday reflection. Anyway, it's been such a joy to have you around. So thank you so much, as always, for your time and attention. 